Hi beautiful people, welcome to Conscious Revolution podcast. I'm your host Shivani and this is the place where we talk about spirituality, mindfulness, mindset and manifestation. Today we are drawing some amazing parallels between spiritual awakening and depression with my beautiful guest Araika. Araika is an amazing African psychologist all the way from Tanzania. She's also the founder of safespace.africa and is on a mission to introduce mental health for everyone. As you will discover in this podcast, Araika's hobby is definitely normalizing uncomfortable conversations. As a disclaimer, this conversation is for entertainment and educational purposes and should not be used as an alternative to medical attention. Also, the time this podcast was recorded, the Indian actor Sushant Singh Rajput was alleged to have committed suicide due to mental health and depression. There have been several developments in the case since then, but this podcast purpose has nothing to do with any of those. Now let's move towards the podcast episode. Hi Raika, welcome and thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It's so, so, so exciting to actually have you here because especially at this time to talk about this topic because I don't know if you're aware of it in my country, in India right now, this is a hot topic right now. Uh, depression and mental health has really taken the center stage right now. Um, yeah. And uh, I think uh, in spite of that, I think despite of that, we still, this is still a very controversial topic because especially for, I think, very developing countries like mine and yours, I think, where yeah. uh, we have lived with uh, cultures uh, we, and from, we originally come from a lot of uh, spiritual practices and now we are transcending into this modern scientific, logical kind of world. And uh, we are actually in that world. And now we have kind of like forgotten the old ancient practices. And we really learned to solely rely on, on, on these uh, scientific proofs and scientific theories. And so you are a psychologist. And so I really am so excited to talk about depression and mental health uh, with you because I Again, I see it as the dark night of the soul. And of course, I'll go further into it, what it means for me. But yeah. how would you really define depression, mental health? Uh, like how that dip happens? Why do you think uh, when someone actually goes into depression? And is it really a thing to be like, let's just begin from there? <laughs> because, <Yeah. laughs> because I'm sure a lot of people... Uh, I, I see so many youngsters right now preaching the elder ones that depression is real. It exists. And I, again, saying because right. I, our countries, like we both are kind of like in that same place, we can re- kind of like resonate. Uh, whereas it's mm-hmm. more in the West where it's more like, uh, so you know how depression has got this reputation? It's a rich person's thing. I'm sure it's mm-hmm. not. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> debunk those myths. Tell me about it. Like in your <laughs> psychologist humble opinion <laughs> what really right. depression really stands for what it means and yeah what is it really 
Um, yeah. So first of all, like, thanks for organizing this because I do. I think that this is an important topic, and you, you're so right to touch on um, perceptions from like the developing world because yes. I think that's a very popular myth that it's a rich person's uh, disease. And also I think like in popular media and even in the way we speak, we talk about depression a lot uh, and we dilute it. Like we say things like, oh, like I'm just so depressed today. Like when you're just like not in the mood. And I think things like that actually, it becomes a little bit confusing when you think of it as an actual mental health disorder, right? And I think it's so easy to see someone with depression and say, uh, just pick yourself up or, you know, why can't you just, you know, get over it or be happier? So, you know, depression is a real disorder and it can range. So the way I'd look at mental health, uh, I see it as a spectrum, right? So I don't think that, um, like if you have depression and it looks the same for everyone, you can be on a lighter end of the, of the spectrum or at a very extreme end of the spectrum where you actually like, don't leave your bed for for weeks on end and you like it, there's, there's studies that show that people with extreme depression can even see the world in different in a duller color or even start to see the word the world in black and white and so when you study like the science of depression and what happens in the brain it's hard to dismiss it as just oh whatever you're just in a bad mood or you know you're just sad it's it's much more serious than that because it's something that um it, when you are experiencing de depression it affects not just how you feel but it affects your cognitive functioning so how you think right so how, that means how you work how you communicate um how you sleep right how you eat <laughs> how how you interact with other people what you think of yourself and even when we think of um suicide and the rising rates of suicide it's it's hard to just dismiss that, like a depressive state as something that is just light and oh you're just sad get over it because it, it's a little bit different when someone has clinical depression or what we'll call like a depressive disorder i guess like in in clinical terms we wouldn't just call it depression um so yeah i think it's a serious mental health condition i think that it's Anyone can get depression. There are different genetic factors that can contribute to some, some people be, becoming more susceptible to getting depression than other people, but anyone can get depression. And it, it could be literally just life can cause you to fall into a depression, or it could be actual big triggers in your life, like losing someone and, and being in grief. Um, you know, it could be your, just your life being turned upside down. And even when we think of like, on, from a spiritual perspective, like I've seen this with clients as well, people who are really um, strong empaths, I guess, like when something big is happening in the world, like what's happening around us right now, even if it's not affecting you personally, um, some people can fall into depression just seeing so much violence or seeing um, so much hate and anger. And, you know, so it, it's hard to say exactly what causes depression, just more so being able to figure out if you are clinically depressed. Hmm. So um, again, like a uh how do you think uh, one actually go on about to uh, find out if what they're experiencing is actually an emotional upheaval, if it is a phase or mm. it is something which really, really needs medical attention? Right. 
So there are specific symptoms of depression, um, but these can also be confused for, uh, I'm just not feeling okay for you know a short period of time. So I, I feel like the number one thing that as a psychologist, even when you come for a diagnosis that we can actually say you are depressed is if these symptoms you have been experiencing for at least two weeks and consistently, right? So it's not, okay, I'm super, sad for two days because of something that's clear right like oh maybe I just had a breakup and so I'm super sad and crying for two to three days and then I'm over it we wouldn't call that depression right you don't need actual medical attention for that but if you've been sad anxious or feeling empty you just feel really dark you you feel hopeless um, you you know you're really fatigued physically like you have absolutely no energy um, you either have difficulty sleeping or you're just sleeping consistently every time you wake up you just almost like you're drugged right if you're thinking about death or suicide and and it could also be on the other end where you're just extremely irritable everyone just bothers you um, just the thought of speaking to someone someone even breathing next to you bothers you and if, if these are are symptoms that go on for at least two weeks then I think that that's a, a stage where you have to really consider seeing someone, a psychologist or a psychotherapist or psychoanalyst, um, anyone. And there's different ways to treat it. So uh, you could go through therapy, and but also take antidepressants if it's in, in a serious stage. Yeah, yeah. Talking about antidepressants, um, I know so many people have, including me, very honestly, uh, not mm-hmm. a very big advocate of uh, it because whatever I've seen around, uh, there have been stories about how it numbs people, uh, or mm-hmm. how it really like basically kind of like kills the ability to feel because feeling is the problem, right? And right. I also know, along with being a psychologist, you're you you do consider yourself a very spiritual person, and you'd like to use the elements of spirituality, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So. If you just turn around and you just see it from a very spiritual perspective about like, as I was saying in the beginning, for me, uh, how I have always seen depression, again, I'm not talking about it in the more clinical way, because of course, I'm not eligible to talk about it in that way. But uh, from what I can talk about it from a spiritual and perspective, uh, I see depression as the dark night of the soul, which is definitely phases and of course more than two weeks uh, but uh, the time period when our soul decides to actually heal actually mm-hmm. get our attention because we've just been so much in the external not giving it the attention yeah. that it needs not giving it the love it needs or uh, and basically all the trauma and as you said right that um it's not necessarily because you had something. It's like it's basically you might have no reason around you and it just happened. And so yeah. maybe uh, it could also be coming from this place of old traumas coming up now for to be healed, right? So um, my entire, and honestly, uh, this podcast for me is to actually widen the perspective of me as well as the audience uh, because I think yeah. we all have like, spirituality is in us just as much as psychology is um, mm-hmm. so uh, I think a lot of us do feel kind of like uh, is medicine antidepressant or any of these things like uh, is it like putting a band-aid on is it spiritual bypassing I think that's the right word. Mm-hmm. 
is the spiritual bypass. Like, am I supposed yeah. to be good all the freaking time? Well, that, that's actually such a good question, you know? Um, and I think that, I don't think it's a question that we think of often because when you're like when you're relying on medicine or in the field of medicine it's like spirituality is almost like the exact like the extreme opposite right it's like that's what you're not supposed to think of at all yeah but I mean I come from a background I mean I in the African culture like I think spirituality is very much uh, part of our lingo, I guess or, or like a very important element in our lives and so I can definitely say like being educated in the US and, and learning psychology from a very Western scientific medicine <laughs> perspective, um, I've also noticed in practice, it doesn't necessarily work that way, right? It's nice when we look at uh, research studies and we can have our little controls and say, these are the chemicals in the brain and like when you you know you introduce this medicine it, it affects the chemical this way and so this person is healed um but it doesn't end there right and so there's something else in the background that it, that needs attention as well and so i think you know that's where spirit like knowledge of spirituality or attention to spirituality comes to play and just understanding existence in, in a bigger picture or you know um so I like that you're calling it a dark night of the soul. I don't know so much about it, so I'm also really interested to learn more from you, but I have, uh, I have a bit of an idea. So I would say from the medicine perspective, I understand the role it plays, right? I understand the very, not minimal, but the very, um, what's the right word? The very technical role it plays, right? So you know, when you're going through depression, certain chemicals that we call um, serotonin, so certain neurotransmitters in your brain are lacking. And so antidepressants kind of like keep those chemicals in like these synapses in your brain a bit longer or introduce more chemicals. So I can understand in the short term how that could sort of help someone maybe feel better. Hmm. But that's where the side effects and the dependency comes right because it's not a permanent solution yeah. like you have to continuously be introducing these chemicals or continuously be manipulating chemicals in yeah. order to feel better right yeah. and so that cannot be a holistic solution because that means you can't heal this person yeah exactly right? so like, more like a temporary band-aid fix if, if if it's like you've got injured and you go for a surgery or you or you yeah you're really bleeding and you need to stop the bleeding right exactly exactly but you haven't actually treated what caused the bleeding yeah and i think that's the difference between uh, a spiritual healing and a medicine healing i think uh, yeah. that uh, uh, again science is something to be really really grateful for definitely because uh, as much as we all appreciate holistic and natural therapies and uh, healing practices we still haven't uh, got a way to really treat, say, an accident or something which mm -hmm. is, requires urgent uh, attention, medical attention. And so, uh, right. uh, as I said, I think maybe it's a great way to stop the bleeding, but it doesn't guarantee you that the wound won't open again or it won't start mm -hmm. uh, bleeding again. Or if you've put the Band-Aid, it won't be infecting 
uh, other mm-hmm. places or the poison won't be spreading anywhere else, right? Exactly. Like that's such a great metaphor for exactly what we're talking about. And I think that you're right. We are grateful for science. I mean, <laughs> there are so many like diseases, illness, like malaria. You know, we, we struggle with malaria here and it's like, I mean, I don't know what we would do <laughs> without medicine. But at the same time, we also have to understand that uh, scientific discoveries and scientific knowledge is also expanding, right? So if I think like spirituality is this holistic knowledge, like we are the universe, the universe is us and we are energy, but science is, you know, it's, it's been this step by step, step by step level of like discoveries. And there's so many things that um are becoming more mainstream i mean in like the 1950s like psychology i mean when 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 not like yeah yeah 1940s when freud um came with psychology and and thought of like the mind and how that influences the body he was seen as crazy right (laughs) and he was a like i think it's only in the last decade or so we've really started to accept psychology as a real thing in right. in the last two decades, I'm two or three decades. Um, but before that, definitely psychology was like, and I think, and I don't know about in your country, but I think largely if I really look into uh, places in India, uh, it's only like the 10% or the 20% population, which is still very open to the idea of psychologists. Otherwise it's mostly mm-hmm. considered a very, as if like you've lost it kind of a thing. And then you have to go mm-hmm. to your mental doctor, if that's the most raw way of using that word. Um, yeah. No, it's the same for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And which is why I think it's so interesting to talk to you because you do come from the same, I think, background. Uh, there's not much of a difference mm-hmm. between where our ancient practices come from or where we have adapted to science and we are like actually... It's so funny, honestly, when I look at West and how they're embracing spirituality and I look at <laughs> in my country embracing what they've already left behind, the more scientific, logical ways of things. And that's like the new in thing here. And it's so mm-hmm. ironic and funny <laughs> to say <laughs> that's exactly like, like uh, we, uh, we are the birthplace for spirituality. And uh, to be very honest, I actually learned most of it from watching videos of white people or people from the West uh, actually mm-hmm. talking about it in their videos or in their podcasts and all that stuff. Uh, yeah. Of course, not to like digress from the part, but uh, seriously, like how do you think uh, spiritual bypassing also happens? Uh, and again, that leads to depression. Also, sometimes I feel uh, when we are just like ignoring and ignoring and ignoring because we were mm-hmm. never taught to look at things. Uh, how do you think, like, why do you think the mind actually starts reacting the way it does? Uh, of course, yeah. you know, discussed, antidepressant is not the solution, even though right now there's this big, uh, what do I say? this big advertisement, I see most of the people, the modern age people, really mm. about depression is real and you got to go to a psychologist for treatment and for uh, 
medicines, like don't be ashamed about taking medicines. And I see so mm-hmm. much spiritual bypassing happening in that thing. How do we actually start becoming aware? And uh, how, do, you see, do you see yourself actually playing a role in that when you do the work with your clients around you? Like how do you think we can actually marry the two worlds? Because again, as I say, it's not just about science. Psychology also plays a big role. I'm also a mindset coach. So I do understand your mind has a big role to play. You just do not, we just don't work with our heart spaces. So how do we really marry the two? How do we really work with both? And you do work with the two, I believe, at some level. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Um, And that's such a great question. And I think that at least a solution that I've, found to have worked is that we have to move beyond labeling things, mm-hmm. right? We have to move beyond, because essentially spirituality is, is it's about fluidity, yeah. right? It's about like not putting things in boxes, about la- allowing energy to be. It's really about allowing and being, right? So I feel like the bigger, pro- like the bigger problem from an individual person like has ignored and ignored and ignored to the practitioners that call something this or that is because we try so hard to put things in boxes and we have milestones and we have dates and we have things have to look this way by this and and you know I think that sometimes it's about it's the answers are always within that's what I I always think when I start any therapy session with any client I don't think I'm going to solve this problem for you I think I'm going to allow you to see how to solve this problem because you already have the answers for it. And it's just because you haven't been looking at those answers. And essentially, I think that's what therapy is. But again, if we put it in the box of because someone went to school and got a degree and all these certifications that makes them a psychologist and all of these tools, then we we move away from the individual and it becomes, again, this very boxed, you know, like organized type of thinking. And I found sometimes it's really helpful when I'm in sessions with with my clients to just, I don't even call them patients, I call them clients because I feel like people are not really to be fixed, right? It's just for me like a puzzle and we put the pieces together and maybe decide that a piece doesn't fit anymore. And we leave it out and we look for a new piece because you're a different person now, right? Um, So I call them my clients and I feel like there are times where I literally throw out the toolbox (laughs) that makes me a psychologist and I think well this is a person in front of me who has lived a life right um and there's the science bit of it that I understand and that's why maybe they're in this space but at the same time I find a lot of times it's like misalignment where this person is not where they're meant to be or is not living a life that's true to who they really are but they've they've forgotten that like they don't even have a picture of who that person is and so you know, when you're experiencing that, just from a spiritual perspective, like you, you know, it's almost like it's a hopelessness, right? It's this overwhelming hopelessness that has taken over someone. And that's because they can't see themselves. Because if we don't have an idea of who we are, right? And we, we don't have this identity that society made, but we also have lost our own identity then it's, you know, it's easy to start falling into depths of darkness and think I may as well die because why am I here? We've lost the bigger picture, right? We've lost the, the whole per- the purpose of your life. And there's ways to look at that scientifically too. Again, it's just because we call it something else, 
right? Only if a Harvard Review article comes out that explains that epigenetics is real and that now we know that um, generations can pass on trauma genetically. But spiritually, we know that already. Yeah. Right, but that's because now we have a scientific way of calling it something, yeah. right? So we're like, oh, okay, this is real. But if you think about it spiritually, and if you think about the soul healing, if you think about the soul reincarnating, if you think about past lives and, and you know, maybe like karmic contracts and things that we haven't resolved, yeah. they're gonna come out some way, <laughs> right? Yeah, and, and I but love you know, so much. Like- <laughs> Hearing all of this from you, I think it's such a validation if anybody needs that from a certified yeah. psychologist. <laughs> because uh, I think, yeah. yeah, collectively we've just learned to rely way too much on labels and logic uh, that mm-hmm. is important to kind of address and even see and acknowledge what's within. And I loved how you said that most of the times people are in that state that they are is because they're not really living their true purpose and true path and not embodying who they really are. And what I have seen, honestly, with all of this debate happening in my country, because an actor just committed a suicide and apparently because of uh, and uh, so of course the social media is on fire these days and so i've been mm. just hearing and seeing all of this debate and most of the time people are like you don't get it when someone has a mental health issue or when someone is really this they don't feel like doing anything they don't want to uh take actions which is understandable because you're in such a place of darkness right mm-hmm. so how much do you think but the willingness and the responsibility of an individual for themselves comes into the picture because suicide for that matter uh if i look at it spiritually i don't think uh a soul is allowed to actually pass away till the time the time is up their soul Mm -hmm. has come to an end that's how spiritually i will look at it uh if i look at it from a mindset perspective uh i would say at the end of the day no matter and then i see this again this discussion happening uh the loved ones was not there please listen please call up your friends please check on them uh don't be rude please be kind all of these things i've just seen that that and uh at the end of the day uh how can we really stop really blaming other people for what someone is going through or what one is going through? Because at the end of the day, isn't it all about really taking responsibility for yourself? Like, do you really think if someone is depressed, it's actually impossible for them to take responsibility for themselves and their healing? Mm. That's, again, a good question. Wow. <laughs> great questions um yeah this is like a a tricky one because obviously as a mental health practitioner i'm inclined to say that you know there like if someone is in a really really deep level of depression because i've i've seen it all like i've seen i've seen someone who's really incapacitated they i've seen someone who stopped speaking for years Mm -hmm. and so you know and then they don't have any physical problem that that explains why I don't speak, right? It's not like they were born with a disability or anything like that. And so I think that it's, you know, it's a tough area to navigate and really understand because I feel like only the person that goes through this understands the depths of their pain. But at the same time, I, I I am a person that believes, 
as a professional and myself, I do believe that people are responsible for their own emotional first aid, hmm. right? And I say first aid, not healing. Hmm. Because I think we all need help to heal. I don't think that, you know, everyone has the responsibility to completely heal themselves. Otherwise, I wouldn't have a job. <laughs> and maybe not you either. Yeah, of course. So what right? responsibility was mostly the willingness to reach out yes. to a psychologist, to reach out to a healer, to reach out to someone who could probably recommend a healer or, or probably to reach out to a self-help resource to, to, to just, because I, I know, of course, I think we all have been in that phase and been in those phases, but I, of course, even I understand it is somehow somewhere so much more convenient to stay in the spiral than mm-hmm. to actually choose uh, to probably sit and meditate, to probably actually play, play um, a healing frequency or to probably look up for something which might help. And I know that, but there's this resistance and fear and ego, which is like, no, stay here. This mm-hmm. is, this is like, you deserve this pity party. You deserve this darkness. Of course we have all those voices screaming. Right. And it takes a lot of courage and a lot of uh, self work to actually choose something different at that point, uh, which is what right. I meant taking. Uh, and I think every time I have done that, that's me taking responsibility for myself in the sense of yeah. showing that I really am more concerned about my well-being than my ego is about uh, playing a victim. Again, such deep layers opening up here about uh, yeah. the whole victim mentality and all of these things. But do you really think yeah. people do tend to fall in victim mentality as well? I definitely think that I, I definitely think like victim mentality is is real and it is it's a difficult place to get out of but it is also I think someone's responsibility to get out of it and I do agree with you in the sense that we we really all do have that responsibility to take that first step and we need we all have that responsibility to cry for help and I know sometimes it's more, it's really, 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 really difficult or someone is really incapable of doing so. And I think that's when I, um, I can even say that spirituality puts things into perspective because like, for me, I, I have worked with people who really, truly believe that the, like the end of their life is, is, is going to be a better option than what they're going through. And I think it's really painful when people do commit suicide. And I think it's, it's also painful because I feel like we don't understand empathy very well. Yeah. I think empathy is very misunderstood in the sense that the moment something tragic happens, we think of it as from our perspective, it becomes a personal thing, right? It becomes yeah. something that we, we, um, you know, we think like if that had happened in an unconscious level, right? If I had experienced that and then that's the kind of feeling that we feel. And so we feel sorry for this person because of that pain that we feel imagining if it were me. But I think the part that we always forget with empathy is you put yourself in someone else's shoes as if you were them without forgetting that you're not them, right? But we all forget that as if part. It's not just enough to put yourself in their shoes from their circumstances. It's also, I think, mandatory to understand the mindset space they're in. And I think if we are able to look at each other and like look at tragic events, just understand humanity in that way, sometimes maybe that's that, par- that's that person's path. 
And I'm not even saying this lightly because I've lost someone, um, a client to suicide. And I think as a, a therapist, it affects you in a different way because you're, you have that responsibility where you're supposed to help them. You're supposed to have stopped that. Um, but I really have like learned the hard way to get to this place and understand that in the mind space that this person was in, there, there was no other option. And I, can, I could have seen the other options for them, but perhaps that was their path, exactly. right? And I'm not, so I'm not condoning suicide. I'm not saying suicide is okay. I, I really do think that we need to help each other. I think people need to step up and, and ask for help. I think people have that responsibility. But even if you have been receiving help and it's a space you still can't get out of, and it's really difficult and, uh, you know, like this person, at least when I remember, they really felt like they couldn't breathe 24-7. And it was a constant fight. And I've seen other people who are maybe terminally ill with like cancer or something. And they really want nothing but to die. Like nothing else but to die. It's like anything else other than this is what I need right now. And so I feel like it's really hard to understand that mental space until we're in that mental space. Because otherwise we wouldn't be here. Yeah, uh, this reminds me of uh, euthanasia somehow. Is even though yeah. the concept is very different, it's because of a physical illness. This is because of a mental incapability, right? But yeah, emotion I think is still very much the same. Like there is a Bollywood movie called Guzarish, uh, and it is based around euthanasia. And uh, when you was talking about it, I just felt like how the main character in that uh, movie uh, is literally begging to die because the pain is mm. so bad but of course it's illegal so it cannot happen that way uh, until one day his soul decides to leave yeah so uh, yeah I so agree with that fact how you say uh, that at the end of the day uh, it is a it is that person's path and no matter, and I think also very scientifically, we have been told to, to see death as bad, to see death as negative, mm-hmm. to see death, to really fear death. And so when yeah. something like that happens for someone else, as you said, we have lost empathy. And instead of seeing that, like we just cannot empathize with what that person was going and we want to apply that trauma to our relate, the relatability factor. Mm-hmm. Comes here. Exactly. Everyone wants to relate it to so badly, and I really see it happening right now around me. Uh, mm. And I feel, and I, and I can write because you know, I, I think I have done that. Being in that conscious awareness, I can just observe how everyone right now, the anger, the sorrow, uh, is not so much about the other person as much as it is for their own trauma and for their own healing, which is really begging for help. I believe. Um, and uh, in all the blaming and all that stuff, we kind of like forget how to empathize with what that other person might have been going through and to really let them go in peace, I believe, at the same time. Because their right. soul has chosen that path for whatsoever reason that we really don't know and we will, we will never know. Right? Mm, exactly. You don't know until you do. At that point, you're not here anymore. So <laughs> can't tell anyone about what you know. Yeah. So uh, seriously, uh, First of all, like I think uh, more than, uh, I think maybe I think there should be also more conversations about, I I don't see people really condemning uh, suicide enough. Uh, 
now that we've got into the whole uh, again a very evolutionary thing i believe because there was a time when people were really people used to blame people who used to commit suicide now i feel we've transcended to a phase where people are blaming other people who couldn't be there for that person I'm just right. all these articles and opinions and viewpoints of how oh why his friends were not there why his girlfriend was not there and blah 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 and uh, I'm like I, I, I think we all know when someone is in that state they do tend to push people away right yeah and that is where I think the responsibility for yourself comes into the picture right there's there's that and again when we go back it to saying like that's what the soul chose it's also understanding um the different variations of what people experience when they're in that state because there is such a thing as walking depression which is it's still an extreme extreme depression state but this is someone who you know when they're like there's a case maybe someone's committed suicide and everyone's just like i would have never guessed yeah. right because this person maybe still interacted with people they yeah. never pushed anyone away they didn't show real symptoms of depression right so it's it's hard to you know to say to i don't know if it's right to blame anyone unless someone actually i don't know actively did something to someone made them um get to that place but i really i think that you know in the world today and we also have we i think us millennials and, and other people too i don't know about in, in india you can tell me but here because it's like a collective culture as it is in india um you know there is this really big dependency on like social connections and people being available for everyone and it's like our lives have changed and i think that expectation also needs to change in the sense that you know maybe as like a woman you don't have time to sit all day being a nurturer what like maybe people a few generations ago used to because if your whole job is to be a nurturer that means not only are you like a mom and we've seen it like it'd be women would be like sort of mothers of an entire like community or village you know in terms of the activities they do in terms of how they interact with all the kids or you know all the youth and leaving just mothers just ourselves with our friends things have changed because we're all so busy we're living such busy lives and maybe we talk once a week maybe we talk once in two weeks and maybe there's the other person to talk to every day and that doesn't necessarily mean we're not as close but also that expectation that you should consistently be checking on everyone around you it's difficult it's not realistic yeah yeah i think that at I, least from I, the way i see it yeah of course and and i uh, and and also we only remember these things when something tragic like this happens on such a mass level uh that's when you yeah. kind of like remember about human connections and of course not to deny that human connections are not important but maybe i think in the collective right now is the time to kind of uh, go within maybe um yeah if if that's the space what you want because sometimes as you said we are all also impacted and just by seeing things happening on a global level we also feel that darkness or that energy uh, uh as an empath of course like if your mental health is compromising uh with the presence of someone else i think everybody has the right to take care of themselves mm-hmm. first i mean you cannot exactly. 100% yeah because i see so many people actually also feeling very guilty sometimes to take their own space 
because they feel, oh, mm-hmm. I need to be there. I need to be available. And the narrative that's going on right now, oh, look at all these people right now, you know, uh, writing and posting status, right? You should be there. But if you ever call them, they'll never pick your call or they'll never mm-hmm. reach out your messages. And everybody starts taking it so freaking personally. Mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> and I think... Uh, I agree. <laughs> 100% and I mean just I don't know maybe was it like yesterday I mean I was talking to a cousin and I was thinking the exact same thing and it's like I don't know it's kind of this blame of like you know I, you haven't checked in on me in a while or like we haven't hung out in a while like how about we just say hey what's up it's been a while like why is there an expectation that someone should yes um you know what I mean? Reach out to you because we also all don't know what's going on in other people's lives. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it's really important that, and I, I do think that collectively we are in a space right now where it, yes, the universe is forcing us all to go within and, and figure out how out of alignment we are and what, what is really Definitely. wrong in our lives and, and to actually fix that so that, you know, we are living true authentic lives and what we're meant to be doing in this world. But at the same time, I think what that's doing is also, I'm, I'm projecting that in like the next 10 years, in the next five years, I think setting boundaries and, and putting ourselves first is going to become a norm yes. because we're, we're moving from a space where that wasn't the norm, right? But clearly something was, wasn't right there because if we're pouring from empty cups all around, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we're we're bound to see some level of chaos. Yeah. So I see. Uh, I'm not sure. Again, maybe this could be a cause or not. Why? But like how women do have a higher percentage of being depressed. Like whenever these studies are being done, uh, women mm-hmm. tend to be going through a lot more. Or uh, and and I think that comes because for the longest time, women have been these uh, absorbents. Uh, of everything yeah. and everyone because they felt, as you said, it was their kind of their official responsibility to be the nurturer, right? Right. Yeah. To always give. <laughs> to always give and to yeah, and maybe we are just balancing scales that way. Um, right. Yeah. And scientifically as well, it makes sense that like women would have more depression because even in terms of like our hormone cycles. I mean, essentially, depression is an extreme mood disorder. Yes. Right? And so, like, the fact that, you know, you can, in a month, we go through such a roller coaster of moods that men could never even imagine. <laughs> you yes. know? So, if you, if you think about, like, maybe, you know, postpartum depression yeah. and, like, what happens after childbirth and, and actually that... Um, that increases the more children you have and so you know it's i don't know it just like it it makes sense to me that at some point it's like there there is more chances of a lot of imbalance within than with men because we now that's changing because men are becoming more responsible for their own lives but for a long time not only are women going through these imbalances consistently they're also expected to maintain a certain balanced routine expected life for men Hmm. right that was like our actual job right so it's like to make sure that this person's balance is in in check while yours is all over the place (laughs) 
definitely and i think that's why i think i paused when i said women are uh, go through a lot of depression because now it's changing right mm. now it's yeah. like the tables are turning and now uh, because women are becoming much more more independent uh, they really don't have anything to rely on men for um and yeah. I, i read some articles somewhere like men tend are are are, are tending to be more isolated because they really are finding their existence to be in a crisis because they don't know what my gender <laughs> role is anymore yeah no 100% i mean i kind of feel sorry for them but not really they can do the work too <laughs> we've yeah. done the work for centuries <laughs> oh that's what i think uh, I love this conversation so much because I think we really uh can see how it is not it is so much more beyond that oh it's a mental illness go and get a medicine it's and I see mm-hmm. this reference being thrown around uh depression is you know how you get a cold and you uh get a medicine and you're okay so you know if you have depression go and get a medicine you'll be okay and yeah maybe to make a certain group of people understand that depression is real maybe this reference is okay but i don't mm-hmm. think it's really valid or this is right because right uh, again i i'm not even a huge advocate like if you have cold and flu i would rather i have stopped actually taking medicines to cure yeah i agree yeah i would rather have um some home remedy rather have like ginger tea or something you know like in- <laughs> yeah um <laughs> and and you know i think that's something that is not even like a lot of people maybe aren't aware of and this isn't just in the field of mental health this is in general in many different areas like i don't know um weight management or just like so many areas of life you know the pharmaceutical industry is a really 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 big industry and i think sometimes we forget to look at things as a business Definitely. right they need patients they need people to actually buy um their medicine and so if we look at it that way i mean i i really don't think like pharmaceutical industry wants us to have this kind of conversation yeah. or say like let's talk about the spirituality and the bigger picture and and let's look at um other ways to heal because then where are they going to get people to buy their medicine and it's such a big deep dive topic honestly that i think everybody should kind of research who should kind of get aware mm-hmm. of and talk more about uh because i think uh, as i said i think countries like africa india we've just learned to be so reliant on the western medicine uh as we just feel that's the more educated way of being than yeah leaning on to your uh healing practices because i was really seeing like when this whole covid thing happening and i saw it yeah. around me especially of my age actually no actually even of my parents age are really making fun of these home remedies and uh, mm-hmm. like uh, oh my god even the american scientists haven't been able to find a cure and you're really looking uh, and you're really saying that this thing would do it mm-hmm. and of course not right. replacement but you really cannot give 100% credit just because as you said it's coming from a certified place right right I, i mean we are in the exact exact same space i don't know if anyone knows what's happening in tanzania um we we never went into any lockdown <laughs> i don't know what i actually know about that but um 
<laughs> but there there hasn't been this big I think you're you're in Tanzania, right? I, and your president yeah. actually said like we are covid free and uh, I I really read this very interesting article in BBC uh how it's not a very um, like of course the mass media is not very happy with it. Um yeah. you guys kind of like healed it spiritually and naturally. some yeah i i and you know what i again like i said i don't know because obviously i'm conflicted in the sense that i'm also in this in my own awakening process where i've learned what i learned i've gone to school in the western world for several years i've worked there and so like there's a part of me that also thinks yeah like we need to wait for like oxford scientists or whoever to tell us what the solution is but at the same time i i've grown up where i've grown up and i i wouldn't say like okay we're like relying on like i don't know just medicine like like we're going to chew a tree or <laughs> something like that which i think what most people think holistic medicine is but you know there's if if we're just to rely on the science of things if you look at like things that are read, readily available to us and look at like humanity for years and years before modern science how were people treating illnesses right like if you look at the benefits of like ginger or turmeric or garlic and all of these other things and limes and we've i don't know if we've healed covid but we haven't had a big outbreak right so it's and we haven't locked down so i don't know <laughs> i don't know how much you know we don't have the measures or to say that we're going to do some really rich research and figure out exactly what happened but what i know is household to household every single person took preventative measures using natural remedies mm. right so and and we've been doing this for years i i when i was in school in the us you know my friends would look at me like i was crazy if i just you know like made cinnamon tea for menstruation pain or like made ginger tea for for cold and flu when everyone's relying on nightquill um and it's just because so it's funny that like, now they have golden lattes <laughs> exactly <laughs> Starbucks is officially selling golden lattes which is literally turmeric milk yeah and then for us it's like we've always had that <laughs> yeah exactly uh yeah i mean i think it's also a kind of like a reminder having this conversation i think to actually stop giving so much of like putting science on a pedestal like of course it is mm-hmm. it is important it is amazing not definitely undoing the work of what they've done so far but not really undermining even our ancient practices and healing practices and our spirituality which is honestly right. spirituality is just your connection with the spirit within and guess yeah. what when that connection is not there that's when you feel like you are depressed you don't have your mind in place because you maybe do not have your spirit in place right right 159% <laughs> and I, and i think like going back to when i was saying what was talking about labeling it's like we've learned certain theories in in class or because it was i don't know a, a white man in germany that that said that theory and called it like the levels of the mind and called the conscious the subconscious and the unconscious and that's easier for the rest of the world to understand and explain but when i really think about it that's that's what like consciousness to me is spirituality because it's the one thing we can't study yeah. right you can clone a body but what how can what's the button that makes it awake and aware 
Mm. right like what actually like you you know you can you know we understand the scientific process of how your eye processes the stimulus from light and turns it into an image but what makes you aware that you are seeing something like what what is life really and i think that it's really just a matter of how we label things and how we understand them and and allowing ourselves to be open-minded enough to see things for what they are and not rely on just one label because that's what language is. That's what like life is. It's just an experience, and some people maybe find a way to explain it and give it a name, right? And I think that science, spirituality, energy, I think we need to understand it all as a dynamic process that interacts and grows and changes and transforms rather than separate entities, you know? Yes, definitely. A, a lot like how... Uh, marrying the heart and the mind space uh, our physical yeah. bodies, the spiritual bodies our masculine and our feminine energies like they don't yeah. have to be mutually exclusive which is why how uh, I think this podcast has also been about like about spirituality and psychology like you it's not like just because we are talking about uh, mental health illness and it's a it's a scientific derived term that, that mm. we talk about spiritual energy or the relevance of energy or the, the, uh, the I, I mean, honestly, even though I have been really sharing a lot of stuff about spirituality, I did not even, it was never a conscious decision, but psychology just automatically just became a part of it. Ancestral healing, inner child healing, uh, mm. all of these things it's it's not exclusive it's so interconnected and so interrelated and I really see spirituality and psychology when they work together it's amazing like I really use meditations and EFT at the same time and yeah that's are incredible and I, I really teach people about okay manifesting and uh, energy but at the same time how to release those beliefs patterns and those belief systems and mm-hmm. I don't know why enough people are not talking about two of them together because it's definitely miraculous and I so appreciate yeah. you actually do that with your clients in some way or the other yeah I agree and I think we I think we can you know this is a start and people can have more conversations like this but I do think that that's where the world is heading you know because if you think five years ago that we would ever have this conversation or you know we'd have like a spirituality coach on Instagram and think it's cool right so that means there's at least some level of awakening um, collectively to the need for this and so I, I have hope that even though the world is kind of in a crazy space right now Oh, I have hope that we are, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah I feel like we're collecting We are in the midst of a mass awakening. And of course, mm-hmm. anything, if there's, some, if there's new, new earth, new world emerging, the old has to, I think, destruct, go down. And I think that's what we are witnessing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I think, yes, it's all about the perspective. You can say the world is ending or you can say mm-hmm. a new world is emerging, <laughs> right? Yeah, a new world, a new beginning. And and then that's like the death card in terror, right? It's not you can't have the death without the the new because it's transformation. And maybe that would that's also such a good metaphor to see even depression or the dark night of the yeah. soul, or as like instead of seeing it as this is the end, maybe you can see this mm. is the dark before the dawn, or maybe this is a rebirth process. I really like the how we can really see death as in fact rebirth. 
and it ruins right. everything. So, uh -huh. like completely, I feel like they're, they're just what we ended up here without what, like we didn't plan to, but it is the perfect metaphor. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I love this so much. I wanted to have this conversation for so long. To be really honest, I actually made a podcast on this topic. I did a solo cast. Uh, and I was like, uh -huh. um, no, I really need someone else to kind of like have a conversation with. And I'm so glad we did this together. Uh, I, Me like, too. How I just DM'd you. Oh my God, I need to talk on this topic because I've been feeling a lot. And I just do not know how to really <laughs> put it out there. <laughs> So, Yay! I'm so glad we did this too. Yes, thank you so much. I actually enjoyed this so much, and I really hope anyone who's listening to this really uh, soaks in the wisdom and even the information that kind of like just flowed through us. I think we did not plan any of this. It was so <laughs> no. So uh, thank you so much, Araika. It was such a pleasure to do this with you, and I really look forward to many more collaborations. Yeah, me too. I'm so glad that I also did this because I also normally can't, it's not a conversation that I can have with maybe people within my industry either because, it, you know, I would look like, okay, what are you talking about? <laughs> so I, I hope that people, you know, got like real value. Yes. Yes. And so, and I, thank you so much everyone for listening to this and thank you Raika for being here. I really, really appreciate your presence. And uh, if you guys have any more questions, uh, you can definitely reach out to Raika on her Instagram or reach out to me. I'll drop more, both the links down below. And um, thank you so much for listening to us and uh, please let us know, leave us your reviews and uh, down below so that we can know and we can, give you the value that you really seek yes thank you thank you for having me thank you